Good afternoon and welcome to Global Policy Next Generation podcast. I'm Greg Stiles, I'm the editor of GPNG, and today we interviewed Hilary Benn, the MP for Leeds Central. We were at the Global Policy North Conference at the University of Leeds, and I began by asking him about the impact upon PhD and postgraduate research students of Brexit, in particular upon funding and job prospects for the future. Our platform, Global Policy Next Generation, is designed to give a platform for PhD students and early career researchers um, to publish work, to get opinions out there, but also to connect with the future of their careers and what's going forward. So just a couple of questions. Far away. With Brexit and potentially a no deal or potentially some form of a deal, um, what do you think will happen for potential PhDs with job prospects in the future, those who are looking for research funding in the UK from either Europe? Um, we heard earlier on from Sir Alan Langlands that about 20% of, 26% of the Northern University's research funding comes from the EU. Is the government or the opposition focusing upon how to secure extra funding or funding for those research students? Well, uh, it's a very big uh, question. I think uh, the first thing is... Will we, as we leave, continue to have a relationship both with the successors of the Horizon 2020 programme and the Erasmus programme? Now, we as a select committee have recommended that. The government has indicated that that's what it seeks to do, but it depends on A, getting a withdrawal agreement, and B, then negotiating that in the future relationship talks that will, in effect, start on the 1st of April next year and need to be concluded, according to the current timetable, by December 2020. If those things aren't there, then that is really a question for the government of the day, because um, what are you going to choose to invest in? You've got commitments you've made to farmers up until 2021. You've got to replace regional development and European social funding. Think of Cornwall. European regional development funding is really, really important. How much is the government going to put into that? And... um, I think thirdly, since on all of the outcomes we end up, so the economic forecasts show, the government's own economic forecasts, with an economy that is less strong than it would otherwise be, it will mean that we have less money than we would otherwise have had to invest in the things that we are priorities, including uh, opportunities. And that is then linked, there's the funding of the uh, research opportunities, and then there is the overall state of the economy and the opportunity for people then to take the skills and experience they've got and go and work and get a job. Thank you. Building upon that, the figures from the OBR recently have shown that the North East and Yorkshire and the Humber region will be disproportionately hit in terms of a no deal or even a form of a deal in terms of funding. So you mentioned the one Yorkshire um, devolution strategy and talking about giving clarity but also having control over buses. What kind of control or investment would a one Yorkshire strategy have for securing research funding for northern universities, for Yorkshire universities? Well, I think that would have to be part of uh, a proposal. Now, there are lots of things that a one Yorkshire uh, devolved former government would want to do. I obviously identified transport infrastructure investment housing uh, skills because the question we have to ask ourselves is look at the economy of Leeds and the success uh, of the last 20-30 years that has been achieved by building a a climate a welcoming city where people want to come and invest but they want to know will I find the people with the right skills if I'm manufacturing have you got somewhere I can go have we got good transport connections all of those things that uh, weigh on the minds of businesses um, old and new who are thinking of uh, locating. 
I think for, for me, the essential thing, as I said, is we need to get all of the Yorkshire local authorities on board. We have 18 at the moment, we need 20. Because we, we need 20 to then make the most powerful case to government. And the argument, in essence, is we ought to have greater devolution of power in our country anyway. We're a, if you look across Europe, we're a very, very centralised country. Uh, in England, there's been devolution to Scotland, Wales, London, restoration of London's uh, government, but that's not been the case uh, in England. And secondly, what I am looking to see devolved is money that is in the system that is currently decided on by Whitehall. I mean, I, I've seen the journey uh, of transport infrastructure projects travelling you know, down the M1, ending up in Whitehall, the Department of Transport pause over it and says, yeah, that looks like a priority, well, maybe that. We don't need to do that. Cut out that journey. Devolve to us what is available for uh, regional transport infrastructure. Obviously, you keep the money for the really national projects, because we know better, with great respect, than you do about what the priorities are, and crucially, in what order we want to spend that money. Indeed. You mentioned in your speech earlier on about businesses need to be braver in giving their message yeah. about Brexit. So we're at the Global Policy North Conference. Do universities need to be braver? I understand there was work behind the scenes going on to try and secure research funding and positions for students post-Brexit. But what about the future students, students looking whether where to invest their research, their time, coming to Britain or not? If they don't have the clarity, as you say, about businesses need clarity, if the students don't have clarity about will they have a job or will they be able to stay in this country after their research, will they choose the UK? Do Yorkshire, northeast universities, need to come together and be louder and braver in saying we need clarity now for our students, not only the ones now, but the future students as well? I think clarity is what everyone is searching for and uncertainty is the greatest threat that we face. Now, uh, I think the universities have been pretty clear in making the argument and I welcome the fact the government has listened in respect of uh, Horizon 2020 and Erasmus, future immigration policy, post-study work visas. We're waiting to see what the government uh, produces. We have got agreement, of course, that all three and a half million European citizens here in the UK can stay and the 1.2 million Brits in, who've exercised their free movement rights in other countries. I was, I was making the point because when I talked to some businesses, they, they say, well, X put their head above the parapet and look at what happened to them. And it's quite difficult for businesses. If you're a publicly quoted company, to stand up and say, we're going to be less successful because of the policy that's being pursuing, it's got an implication for your share price and investors' confidence, it's tough. Now, that's why organisations like the CBI can do that on behalf of everyone. everyone. The Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders has been absolutely upfront in saying the British motor car industry, this astonishing success story of the last 30 years, after a time when we thought it was going down the pan, look where we are now. We export just under 2,000 cars a day to the European Union. Now, that relies on the just-in-time seamless uh, flow of goods and supplies and components. I really applaud those who are speaking openly, not just to government, a lot of conversations with government, but in order to inform and aid the national conversation why this matters. It's not just weary, bitter Remainers, as some people would accuse us, of trying to put a spanner in the works of the decision. I get the result. We will be leaving the institutions of the European Union, but that future economic relationship, that is yet to be determined. 
And it's important that the people actually have the biggest stake in it, you know, the companies that are providing jobs today and the jobs and investment of tomorrow, talk to their workers, to their communities, as well as to government about why it matters that we get this right. Okay. Thank you very much. Really appreciate your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Global Policy Next Generation podcast. If you would like to get involved or be interviewed for the podcast, please get in touch with us at next.generation at global-policy.com or follow us on Twitter at gp underscore nextgen.